today on City Cash Chicago. CPD superintendent is leaving, the loop is recovering, and our election data tells some very critical stories. All that and more with lead producer Carrie Money Shepard and producer Simone Predicts the Snow Alisea. It's Friday, March 3rd. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is what Chicago's talking about. Carrie, Simone, how y'all feeling this morning? Feeling great. Feeling feeling good. Feeling like we had a big week, but I think it's been a great week, and I'm, I'm excited to talk with you guys about this week. Always glad to be here. Beautiful. Uh, the reason we call Simone Predicts the Snow, Ali said, is because during our Wednesday episode, she basically said that we might be getting a lot of snow. With She didn't have no reason to say this, but... It looks like today we is getting a lot of snow. Uh, So I got to ask, with the weather turning on us yet again, do y'all have any fun weekend plans to address it? Uh, Simone, I'm going to start with you. What are you going to do as the snow rolls in? I am having one of those great weekends where there are no plans, nothing on the calendar, which is great because I've had some very, very busy weekends uh, recently. And so to prep for the Oscars, um, hopefully either maybe going to the theater to see one of the nominees um, or watching, you know, renting from home and snuggling up because it's the snow. Uh, so maybe, you know, just watch watch a good uh, Oscar-nominated movie, but staying home. Nice, nice. Um, Simone, what are your weekend plans? I am really excited because I have signed up for an introduction to drawing class at a studio in Edgewater that starts on Saturday. <laughs> Um, so cool. For all of you wondering out there, I cannot draw. I have no drawing <laughs> talent, really, at all. Um, but that's why I'm taking a class. That's why I'm trying to learn. It seemed like a fun thing to do. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I want to be able to, like, come springtime, I want to be able to, like, draw pretty trees and flowers and have it actually look halfway decent. Aww. So that's why I'm doing it. Do you think with your new skills, you just, like, sit out on the beach or in a park and just, like, people watch and sketch around you? That's how I imagine myself uh, five weeks from now, Jacoby, is I just imagine it being sunny. I'm sitting out, you know, maybe in Jackson Park at the Cherry Blossoms, and I'm sketching with some 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 nice little drink, some, something mm-hmm. something fun, like a hibiscus tea or something like that. And that's, that's how it's going. I, I love that, too, because it's a reminder to people all of the, the kind of cool classes that are offered. I Every week I see things on like Eventbrite of like candle making classes, gardening classes. Uh, so so adding drawing. I, I want to do like a, a date night cooking class, like a pasta making class at some point during the like spring and summer. I don't think I'd actually make pasta at the Korea, but I'd like to be able to say I know how to make pasta. It, TikTok makes it look yeah. so fun. You'd like to do it once. Yes. At, at least once. At least once. Um for me, my weekend plans, I am finally going to start my new puzzle uh, from Kahinde Wiley. Uh, you nice. might know the name because that's the individual who did uh, Barack Obama's portrait, presidential portrait. Um, so cool. And I don't really do puzzles. So if you're hearing this, you're like, oh, Kobe's a puzzle. No, I just do cool puzzles, right? If it's cool and then I can frame it because I'm not tearing the puzzle down and doing it again. I'm, I'm framing it.
Every single Friday, we look back on some stories from the week, and this was a big week. Uh, Carrie, I'm going to start with you. What's your top story for people to listen to on this on this beautiful CityCast Chicago day? Yeah, as you said, Jacoby, um, we had the city election, the municipal election on Tuesday, which uh, now there's going to be a runoff in April. Uh, between Paul Vallis and Brandon Johnson are the two candidates that uh, moved forward from the election. Uh, and Wednesday, the day after incumbent Mayor Lori Lightfoot was defeated, CPD Chicago Police Department Superintendent David Brown announced he was resigning effective March 16th. Um, a lot of names there, but all this to say that Brown is probably the first of what we will see be an exodus of city agency leaders. This is fairly standard in a change of administration, but Vallis and Johnson made it very clear, each of them on the campaign trail, that they were not satisfied with Superintendent Brown leading the police and um, the current homicide rate. Obviously, Paul Vallis made public safety, public safety, a huge part of his campaign, sort of saying that. And likewise, Brandon Johnson saying he was disappointed in Brown that the police department had not been meeting its federally mandated reform requirements for the consent decree. So both candidates made it clear (laughs) Brown was not going to be in that position once one of them took office. Now, what remains to be seen is some of the other more high profile leaders. Um, I'm thinking CTA, Chicago uh, Public Transit head Dorval Carter, The CTA was criticized by, I think, all of the candidates because of its unreliability, safety issues in the last couple of years. It's I don't not sure how much longer he'll be around. Um, And then the other big one is CPS, Chicago Public Schools leader Pedro Martinez. We've had both with police department and CPS. We've had we've had a lot of turnover in the last decade of those leaders. And I would imagine Vallis and Johnson, both two very education strong backgrounds with Vallis one time leading CPS. I think it would be very hard to work for if your boss had done your job. (laughs) Um, You know, he's going to be very particular who he wants in that position. And from the other side, Johnson a uh, a former teacher and a, a Chicago Teachers Union backed candidate, um, and you know who they're often across the bargaining table from the CPS head. So Johnson is going to be particular about who he wants in that position as well, and just also because both I would say both candidates have a deep background and a care about education in our city. You know, they bring a lot of knowledge. So they're going to be, um, it remains to be seen what happens with current CPS head Pedro Martinez in the coming weeks. Naming these individuals in many ways becomes one of your first major ways of showing what your administration's agenda is. Right. You know, what is what is your goal on working with people? Absolutely. Both candidates, or at least Paul Vallis, I believe, made it clear i'd have to double check on brandon johnson but this it's pretty it's pretty standard rhetoric that rank and file want a leader from within they want someone who knows policing in our city obviously david brown he came from dallas um and you know there's reporting that you know it's hard to build goodwill with the rank and file if you're not you know from from the same city Mm -hmm. if you have not policed the same streets right so i i would think that uh, they 
Vallis at least, and maybe Johnson will want to select someone from the CPD uh, to lead. I just had one thing to add on the CPD selection um, and the fact that we have this new commission of police oversight. Um, one of their jobs is going to be helping to select the next uh, head of CPD. So that's sort of another factor on top of all this. In addition to the two mayoral candidates who are going to have the final say ultimately on who's hired in that position, we've also got this new oversight layer um, that hasn't really seen a lot of action yet. We just elected these police district counselors. Uh, and so that is another element of this that that I'll be watching too. Simone, as we start to look into how different wards, how different precincts voted across the city, a lot of interesting stories started emerging from that data. As our resident uh, data nerd, uh, can you break down, and I, I say nerd with as much uh, love and, and <laughs> as, as much heart as possible, uh, can you break down some of the stories that emerged as we look closer at these numbers? Yeah, for sure. So I think right on Wednesday, the day after election night, we talked a lot about these two candidates, uh, Paul Vallis and Brandon Johnson, and how they're going to be trying to go after this middle ground of voters. And at that time, we didn't totally know kind of what that would look like and who had an advantage where in which parts of the city. Now, um, our wonderful colleagues at various publications have put out this uh, breakdown of who vote of 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 who voted for which candidate by ward. Um, and what emerges in that is the are these really interesting patterns. Brandon Johnson won, um, you know, a lot of the the far northeast side, sort of the lakefront, uh, you know, Rogers Park, Edgewater, Uptown, and then kind of heading, uh, you know, the the sort of lakefront liberals as they're known, um, which yeah, I think, sort of wider progressive wards, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, which uh, I know Lori Lightfoot uh, did really well in when during her last run for mayor in 2019. Um, Paul Vallis uh, doing well on, uh, you know, the far northwest side, um, parts of the southwest side, but also parts of the city center kind of loop, uh, you know, even up into to Lincoln Park, that kind of area. That is not super surprising. What the sort of secondary story is like, okay, you know, we we had a conversation among amongst ourselves uh, before the election, which we weren't really sure how Lori Lightfoot was going to do in this election. We didn't think she was going to do that well, but we did wonder, like, who are, are her voters? Who are her asking. voters? Who who are her voters on this round? Well, it turns out her voters in 2023, uh, primarily South Side Black wards, um, and some Black wards on the West Side as well, uh, which is. I don't know that I expected that necessarily. Um, I don't know what I expected, but but I think that's really interesting. Um, and the other thing that you find when you see who came in second place in a lot of those wards that Lori Lightfoot won, that person is Brandon Johnson in a lot of cases. Um, and so that sorts of start to paint the picture of what kind of path Johnson might take. You know, Paul Vallis got 33% overall of the vote. He you know, really strong showing overall. So, but but seeing sort of how Johnson did in some of these other wards, I think starts to paint the picture of what is his path to uh, the fifth floor of City Hall, um, and and how is he gonna how is he gonna accomplish that, and how is he gonna win over those Lightfoot voters? I can't help but look at this map and see. I mean, how we always talk about this any Chicago map. If you you lay them on top of each other, they they tell the story of segregation. And I wonder, as you look at this map, 
how likely are we to end up in a very simplified white man versus black man conversation over the next four weeks and, and how much either of those candidates may, maybe leans into that? The other thing that both candidates are going to have to do, Chewy Garcia, in the wards that he did win, he came in fourth overall, the wards that he did really well in, Latino wards. Um, and so the fact of the matter is, is both uh, both Johnson and Paul Vallis have to court um, have to court Latino and Black voters across the city. Because Paul Vallis finished second in a lot of those. In words. the words that Chewy won. Yeah. With so much conversation around the elections, especially the people, you know, those big names who was running for mayor, who were running for city council, there were a few stories that maybe didn't get as much attention, even some stories further down on individual ballots. But Simone, we're going to start with you and head to the loop, right? When we think about the conversation around the loop, at least from where I'm standing, it, it feels like so many people are asking, how is the loop doing? Will the loop ever recover? People are leaving the loop. But, but a story from Cranes this week maybe gave a, a slightly more optimistic view of how things are going. Can you catch us up? Yeah, the Chicago Loop Alliance, which, you know, it is their job to boost the loop, right? They mm -hmm. are the essentially sort of like the chamber of commerce for the loop. Like, hey, look what all the loop has. But um, we hear a lot about people working in the loop. Thus, when, you know, workers leave the loop, businesses suffer because fewer people are eating out at restaurants, getting drinks at happy hour, running their errands during lunch breaks, um, which is kind of how I always picture the loop. You know, I always picture a, as much as we talk about, you know, our, and this is true, our city not in parts not being for everyone, the loop really is a mix of everybody, right? Like you have people that work in all parts of a high rise. There are lots of jobs in a high rise to keep a building going. And there are actually lots of still little local Chicago owned businesses in the loop and restaurants and pubs that people um, that I think make our Chicago you know, so unique is that we're not just a series of chains. And so you can still get like a burger and a beer in the loop, you know. Uh, but this is about people who live in the loop, right? So we often talk about we live in our neighborhoods. Sometimes we forget the loop is a neighborhood and people live there. Um, and the Loop Alliance put out a report that since 2020, residency in the loop has gone up nearly 10%. I think it's something to celebrate that it's just like all of our neighborhoods, you know, but the Loop is the central business district and we want people um, coming back to it and we want liveliness there. It, you very much, I don't know about you guys, but I remember being there uh, during the height of the pandemic and it's it's very eerie because it's not what you expect from the Loop. Empty streets, closed businesses, shuttered businesses. That's something I'm going to watch, um, continue to watch and see how the Loop kind of comes back since 2020. Over the last few years, I've had such a connection to the loop, even pre-pandemic. I taught at Harold Washington. You know, my agent is down in the loop. Most of the places that you do auditions in the city of Chicago in the loop, a lot of great theaters are down in the loop. So yes. I spend a lot of time down there. And like you said, you know, hearing so many people cry wolf and say that, you know, the loop is dead or the loop is, you know, isn't for everyone. You know, I, I always try to push back a little bit on both of those because I've seen, you know, even when we were younger kids going down to the loop and spending time down there uh, was such an enjoyable part of growing up and made you feel like you were getting a little bit older. And so I, I do hope that 
over the next few years, and especially whoever's named mayor, that they come in with a really creative approach to mm. revitalizing the loop, whether that's thinking of alternative ways to use vacant storefronts, if that's more pop-ups, it's that, you know, just encouraging people to come out of the neighborhood more with things like, you know, the Sundays on state. And so I'm just really excited to see how people approach, you know, uh, addressing concerns in the loop that aren't just, you know, putting a cop on every block because that 100% turned me off from going down the loop. Simone, I want to kick it over to you. What is a story you want to make sure people uh, paid attention on, even if it didn't uh, immediately impact their neighborhood? Yeah, we're going to stay on um, on the election. And I want to talk about the non-binding referenda that some voters in the 5th and 16th wards saw on their ballot. Um, so there were three referenda overall. One was for some 5th ward precincts uh, asking if... Uh, Alderman and the mayor should support a collective bargaining agreement with uh, the Obama Center to protect affordable housing. That passed overwhelmingly. People overwhelmingly said yes in those precincts. Um, uh, in Woodlawn, uh, just two precincts in Woodlawn uh, got a question about um, building affordable housing on a specific tract of land that the city owns. That also passed overwhelmingly. People said they wanted affordable housing there. Um, and then in the 16th Ward in Englewood, uh, voters saw a question about whether the Racine Green Line stop should be reopened. Unsurprisingly, also passed. Overwhelmingly, people want affordable housing. People want transit in their neighborhoods. Um, you know, organizers have sort of pushed for these referenda to be on the ballot to basically point to and say, hey, look, here's what voters are telling you that they want. Um, unfortunately, these referenda have no binding power. That doesn't mean city council has to do anything. That doesn't mean the next mayor of Chicago has to do anything about this. Um, but but at least voters are making themselves clear about, about what they want here. Every single episode of City Cash Chicago ends in a pretty similar way with us giving you some good news to get you through the next hour, the next day, or the forthcoming weekend. Uh, Carrie, what is your some good news? It's March. We can stop now. We're good. We did. We went through the month. We got it. Now he's going to keep going because I'm talking. <laughs> I'm not going to stop until I run out of breath. And so we are still weeks away from that happening. That is some strong breath support, my <laughs> friend. That was, that is, a, which is critical for your job. So yay, yay. My good news, um, I will say that I love always, um, I love checking myself and being like, oh yeah, Carrie, you think you know everything? You don't know everything. Um, and learning new places in Chicago, which there are always new places. But next week we have a interview with Jeffrey Bear from WTTW who has a new special on about the 25 most beautiful places in Chicago. And I'm not gonna tell you which ones, but I learned about at least two that I did not know existed. And I am so excited to actually go see and spend time in them. Um, I learned their story and their history. It's a fascinating conversation with Jacoby and Jeffrey. 
and that'll be on uh, on the podcast next Tuesday. Uh, but yeah, that's my good news. Learning even more beautiful places because we have so many beautiful places in our city. And speaking of the loop, they're all over the city. They're in the suburbs. You can find them everywhere. So I was, that's my good news. I was so excited to learn about those new places. I've gotten to see Jeffrey Bear speak in person and obviously on television for so long. And so to actually have a conversation with him, I'm telling y'all that excitement, you you can't fake that level of like enthusiasm <laughs> for a place. And so shout out for Jeffrey for coming through. I'm excited for people to listen to this episode next week, but also to check out the special that's airing on WTTW uh, next Tuesday at 7 p.m. We're going to remind you all of this uh, at the top of next week. So make sure you tune in. Simone, you always have some of my favorite good news when you're on the <laughs> pod because it's always about what's going on in the world of Simone Alisea. Can you tell us what is your some good? news for yourself today guys can i tell you about the post-election day nap that i had (laughs) oh my god so so right okay so here's how it went so we got up early on wednesday after staying up late on tuesday night to talk about election results worked on the pod had some other stuff i had to do at the end of the work day yesterday i drew my curtains closed And I put on a mask and I crawled into bed under my comforter and I have four pillows and I slept. (laughs) I slept for two hours and it was amazing. Fantastic. And then I went to bed for the night five hours later, four hours later, and I slept (laughs) through the night and I am so energized and I am so grateful for that sleep. That is beautiful. And again, I just have to give another Shout out to the entire City Cash Chicago team. I get to get so much of the the like credit and attention because my voice is here often, but I need y'all to know. I say it in all the credits, but like this show is not possible without their vision, their work ethic, how late they're willing to to stay up, how early they're willing to get up, the prep that they provide for me every single episode uh is always fantastic. And so I just I'm glad you got to sleep. I'm glad you got to get a moment of rest because you go extremely hard, my G. My some good news is a show that I'm really excited to attend later this evening uh, from Kwaku Collins. The band is performing their new album, Then Spring. Uh, the opener is the homie Shawnee Dez. Shawnee is a fantastic R&B singer. I got to see her perform at least three or four times in the last few months. Always dope. Stage presence is killer. That's going to be at Sleeping Village tonight at 8 p.m. Uh, tickets are $20 nice. because it's Friday now. They were $15. And so you're thinking, Kobe, why didn't you put me on earlier? Because uh, I didn't want the tickets to sell out before I got my pre-sale ticket. And so I got mine at $15. So now there's still some available. You can get yours at $20. Um, shout out to Odd Couple, Johnny Jones, who is also going to be there. Uh, but I love seeing live music in the city. I'm glad that the, the city's live music scene is slowly but surely coming back. You just see it in the artists out there they're so excited to be back out in front of people and so i'm excited to hit up sleeping village tonight and and listen to a little then spring especially with the season uh, on its way around the corner before I let you go, I got to give a huge shout out to the people who make City Cash Chicago possible. That's everybody back at headquarters, but especially our lead producer, Carrie Shepard, our producer, Simone Alisea, our newsletter editor, Sydney Madden, the music that we all love on the show, Sam Thousand, all the kimonos, and Mark Greenberg from the Mayfair Workshop. And of course, 
the reason that we are allowed to have a show every single day is because of you, the people who are listening to CityCast Chicago. Make sure you tell your friends and your family about the show. You subscribe to the daily newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm slash newsletter. If you're looking for a way to enjoy yourself while you're avoiding the snow, catch up on all of our episodes of CityCast Chicago from the week, all of our election coverage, but also dig into the archives if you knew. We got some dope episodes and playlists for you. You know, go on back a few months and, and enjoy yourself. We'll be back at your feet on Monday when we're talking to the Chicago Department of Transportation Commissioner. See you then, my friends. Peace. How y'all feeling this morning? Feeling great. Feeling um, like a, a, the, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> ask me again. <laughs> Blooper made in the first few seconds. I love it.